You're listening to The Long Game Podcast. I'm your host, Sandra Scaiano. We're all familiar with the term limiting beliefs. You know, as we make our journey as business owners, that term gets tossed around. And in some ways, because of this, we've become numb to what it truly means. And it's really an important concept. It's how we hold ourselves back. It's how we do negative self-talk. It shows up as all or nothing thinking, and it shows up as fear and perfectionism. You know, no matter what stage of your business or life you are in, these sticky floors, as my guest today refers to these limiting beliefs, they can show up as well. I'm joined today by Erica Rooney, a keynote speaker, coach, and host of the From Now to Next podcast. She's on a mission to help women get seen, get heard, and get further by breaking out of their sticky floors and busting through the glass ceiling, whatever that is for you. Eric and I were chatting and she shared the story with me. You know, she likes to work out. And if she isn't getting in her full 45 minutes, it's a total no-go for her. While her husband, he'll get in 15 minutes a day and do it for three days. Now she's got nothing and he's exercised. That's her sticky floor. You know, it's like trying to save $50 a week. And one week you can only save 40. Are you not going to do it? More sticky floors. And, you know, that's what we do to ourselves. And that's what we're talking about today with Erica. And as she says, once you see these things in yourself, you can unring that bell. You know, we not only dive into what these beliefs and sticky floors can be for us, but Erica gives us the tools to move past them. You know, it's something that we can all do for something that we all experience. The long game is breaking out of sticky floors and busting through glass ceilings with Erica Rooney. In a world where everyone is doing, it's easy to get lost in a sea of comparison, secret tricks, and promises of overnight success. The long game? That's my approach to business. You gotta show up, you gotta do the work, and there are no quick fixes for long-term success. It takes creativity, it takes strategy, and it takes listening to the voice inside you. I'm a web designer, digital strategist, and energetic thinker, bringing you real-world business-building experiences, conversations with creators who are out there doing it now, and ideas to spark the energy in your own business. And along the way, we're going to have a little bit of fun as well. So thanks for being here, and let's get to today's episode. Hey, everybody. We are here today with Erica Rooney, a coach and consultant, and we're going to talk about sticky floors, those limiting beliefs. And, you know, it's a concept we've all heard about and we're familiar with. You know, these are the things that hold us back, right? The talk, the negative self-talk, all of those kind of things. But it's really an important concept to address further. And Erica's going to bring us some techniques about how we can work through our own sticky floors and overcome them. So welcome, Erica. Hey, Sandra, thanks for having me. I am so excited to be here. Yeah, I am really excited about this conversation because it's one that it comes up all the time. And myself as a service provider, I work with a lot of clients, like I butt right into this all the time. Absolutely. You know, one client um, I have, we were just talking this week, as a matter of fact, where she's like, it's been years. I can't do this. I can't do this. And, And we find workarounds, but it's still those things that they need to address within themselves, right? 
Absolutely. And what is so interesting about sticky floors and a lot of these limiting beliefs are these are things that we were taught since birth, like as children, they have been ingrained in our society. I was recently just reading a book called Women Don't Ask, and it was all about women and negotiations. And it was a completely new concept that I hadn't even really realized. But the book is saying that women are just never taught to ask. We are taught to accept the status quo. The price is the price. The salary they offer is the salary they offer. You know, if somebody has a service, that's the price. Boys, men, they are taught to negotiate. They are taught to tip the maitre d', right? They are taught to slip somebody a 20 to get to the front of the line. We aren't taught that. And it was so wild to me because it was like, you know what? That's true. I have never done that. And a lot (laughs) of it, they taught how we are teaching our children. And I'm a mom. I've got a little boy. I've got a little girl. And... Just how like these small things that as we learn as kids that they see that we don't even realize. So for example, if my husband and I go out to dinner, he is always the one that pays, Mm -hmm. even though I'm the breadwinner. You know, he just, you know, but we are sending these subliminal messages to our kids that women are not good with money or that women don't have the money and men handle the money. And so as soon as I read that, I was like, well, I'm paying next time. Oh my gosh. And it is. I mean, we talk a lot about mindset here in this, like money mindset as well. And that goes right into it. Like, what are we teaching? How are we, you know, even framing things like, you know, if we're out in the store, it's not necessarily, I can't afford that. It's, I don't like the way that product is made to my child. Like we're not buying something junky that we're going to just throw out when we get home because it's breaking in the car. Right. It's the All of the way that you phrase things and how you present it to them rather than just saying, no, I'm not buying that, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it starts so young and it's something that we don't even realize, right? So these sticky floors are sometimes so hard to break free from because they have literally been ingrained in us since we were like two years old. Yeah. And I think, you know, as we are out in the working world and owning our businesses, there are challenges. I mean, a lot of our limiting beliefs and sticky floors come from adversity. I hear it all the time as a web developer, course development person that I'm not into tech. I'm not techie, right? Like people put up the barrier that they can't do X. Oh, Sandra, I am so guilty of that. The tech one. (laughs) And I say it all the time. Like, why do you think I married a project manager? I'm not good at tech. And it's like, no, like you You could not with your workaround. (laughs) Quit saying that. (laughs) But the thing about sticky floors is they can really expand into all aspects of our life. So they can be, though we've heard it a million times, imposter syndrome, perfectionism, right? That really keep us from starting. They can also be toxic relationships, toxic behaviors. Maybe you're with somebody who always imposes those self-doubting beliefs on you, right? To say like, I couldn't believe that you would do that, or I don't think you can do that. And we don't realize how toxic that is and how much that's holding us back. It could be fear of failure, fear of judgment, so that you're not acting. All of these things that we are constantly having to fight as entrepreneurs around us, you know, that we are having to work against, like these are the sticky floors that hold us back from what I say, busting through the glass ceiling, be that the next level of your business, making that next zero at the end of your your sales, all of those things. Yeah. And I feel like because of how it's come from so long ago, our upbringing, 
you know, it's hard to break through. So I want to dig into some of these tactics. Like the women I talk to, they know, right? I know that's one part of it is identifying and we'll talk about that, but they know, but then they can't seem to get past that next piece or take that next step, even though they know. Yes. And the first piece is being able to name it, right? And like recognize how it shows up in your life and how, like, what is that? And I have a perfect example. I actually just went through this with myself a couple weeks ago, but the first step is naming it because it is unconscious, right? It Mm -hmm. creeps in unconsciously. And the more you can sit with those uncomfortable feelings and recognize them, the quicker you will be able to say, okay, this is what it is. This is how I advance from it and get out of it, right? So the questions that I always ask myself once I recognize it is, is it helpful, right? Is this feeling helpful? Because sometimes it can be. Sometimes it can protect you from doing something really ridiculous, something stupid in your business. And then the next question that I ask is, is this true? You know, because a lot of these beliefs that we have, like, I'm not good at tech. Is it true, Erica? Or maybe have you just not applied yourself? And that is the next best question to ask. But the first thing to do is recognize that. And we can recognize it because sometimes you feel tense. Sometimes you feel that pit in your stomach. Whatever it is, like it usually manifests in your body somehow physically, right? Whether you're like nervous ticking or tapping or something like that. So start to pick up on your own physical cues. And I went to an amazing keynote speaking boot camp the other week. Oh, awesome. And it was so great. And I walked in and I went and I didn't know anybody, you know, I figured it's a boot camp. Nobody's going to know each other, right? I walk in, all of these people were talking to each other like they had known each other for years. And I was like, did I just walk into the right place? And so I did what I did. And I walked up to a group and I said, hey, America, I don't know anybody here. And they were, and you know, they're like, no, hey, come in. Nice to meet you. And they went right back to talking like they'd known each other. And after a while, I picked up that all of these people had been to this boot camp four, five, six, seven times. They all knew each other. They had all been doing keynote speaking as their professional job for a long time. And here I was, first time ever, didn't know a single person. And oh my I gosh, had, so intimidating. Oh my God, this uncomfortable feeling. Almost. <laughs> oh my God, I was nervous. I was uncomfortable. I was checking my clock as to when was this welcome dinner going to end. Like these were right. all the little things that I, and I'm an extrovert. I love talking to people. So the fact that I'm in this room and I'm feeling uncomfortable is physical symptom number one, Right. And I'm just like, oh my God. So I get back to my room and I'm like, what am I doing here? These people do this. They're so much better than me. They do it for a living. They've been here like four, five, six times. And that's when I was like, okay, Erica, what's going on here? And I was like, I'm really having this like imposter syndrome feeling because I'm out of my league. I am the little fish in a pond with a whole bunch of big fish. And I felt so uncomfortable. But when I named that, I was like, okay, this is what it is. I'm going to have to know that this whole weekend, I'm probably going to feel a bit like this. And that's okay because all those people who've been here four, five, six times, they all had to start with one at some point. So they've all been through this. So I showed up the next day, kept doing my thing, fighting the uncomfortable feelings. And they had an exercise too, where we had to like, you could volunteer to stand up and read aloud. And I was like, Erica, this is what you paid the money to do. So just go ahead and do it. Get it, right. Do it. So I stood up, I did my thing. 
People cheered. That one action alone caused people to come up to me after it created the connection ability where so many people came up after and two agents came up to me after because I did that to say, I've got somebody for you. All because I recognized the feeling, I knew how it could show up and I knew how it could prevent me from getting the most out of that experience. So I asked myself, was that feeling helpful? The answer was hell no, it wasn't. Because if I had let that feeling rule, I wouldn't have stood up. I would not have made the connections and I wouldn't have two agents putting opportunities in my pocket. And I want to say you challenged, was that true? Because if you did not stand up, you could have believed that your feeling was true because you would not have gotten cheers. You would not have gotten that response. So you really took the initiative to challenge that as well. Yes. Yes. And I mean, we've all heard this. You have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Right? right, right. I was uncomfortable until I did that because when I did that, it opened up a floodgate of opportunities for people to walk up to me to say, I heard you. That was great. Amazing job. You know? So doing that one action that was, I don't know, 60 seconds, you know, led me to having an amazing rest of the boot camp for a whole nother day and a half. That's so awesome. I love that yeah. example. And, you know, I think. Some of that too, I I wanted to ask you with the people you work with, you know, I've been really thinking a lot about the power of journaling and how Mm. that helps. And is that something that you incorporate into the work that you do? Because that's where I find like we identify things like in thought, of course, but then you're also able to work it out. Is that a tool that you use in your work as well in terms of this? It absolutely is. And I actually started this practice this year, but I have what is called an F yeah journal. (laughs) And it's basically like a hell yeah, Erica, you did it. So that I don't forget Mm -hmm. some of these amazing things that I've done, right? And because sometimes they're little. Sometimes we don't think they're as big as they are. But when we sit down and we put the pen to paper and we can look back and say, I did that, that is an amazing confidence-boosting tool to remind myself, like, I may forget in two years' time that I felt this imposter syndrome-type feeling at this boot camp. But now I have this journal that when I'm really feeling a certain way, I can flip back, I can look into it and I can say, okay, you did do that, Erica. You know, you overcame that and look where it's gotten you. And I can have that moment of reflection, which is huge for people like us in this entrepreneurial space. I also find that like, once that identifying, you've named it, you've identified, you've written, like, that allows you to move to the next step of action, right? Absolutely. What do you have to do? I mean, you were presented in a situation where you kind of had to decide on the fly, what do you have to do about this? Yeah. But in our overall businesses, you know, we then have the opportunity to act. What is the next action we're going to take to overcome this? Am I going to keep letting it do its work or am I going to do the work? Absolutely. And case in point, you know, I started a podcast almost eight months ago. So it's relatively new in this space. But I sat on that idea for about a year because I had this sticky floor of what are people going to think about it? What are people going to think of me? Why would anyone listen to me? And so I just kept pushing it off, pushing it off, pushing it off. And then finally, I was like, what are you doing? Like this idea keeps showing back up and you are not doing anything with it. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to make myself do something. So I wrote an email and I sent it to 10 women in my circle who are big supporters. And I was just like, boop, and I hit the send button. I was like, okay, 
Now right. it's done because the email was like, hey, this is what I'm going to do. I'm asking for your support. Da, da, da. And I was like, the email's out there. And of course, do you think I got one email back that said, Erica, what the hell are you doing? Right. I'm crazy, Erica. Not. <laughs> Absolutely not. You know, I got nothing but 10 supportive emails back. And what is so great about that, it was tangible proof, you know, to really quiet those voices in my head that kept me stagnant and stuck for a year. Yeah, that's incredible. And this goes back to to what you're talking about as well. I feel like, you know, we talk a lot here about creativity and the creative flow. And those limiting beliefs really hamper your creativity. I mean, what you're able to do on a podcast, showing up, interviewing other women, bringing ideas out to the world, before you're hampering your own creative spark in Absolutely. This. You know, because I think that's one of the things, you know, we think about it sometimes in concrete terms. Like if I don't address my limiting belief, I'm not making more money or I'm not, but it's also these emotional things. Like I feel like, you know, this can really wreak havoc on your physical and emotional being because you tortured yourself, right? You're not being creative. Uh, You're not letting that flow. You're not letting your ideas out. Absolutely. And especially in the creative space, like you are always being vulnerable and putting yourself out there, you know? So you have to have a a little bit of a thick skin to go (laughs) ahead and just do it, especially when you are growing, because again, not everybody's going to like what you put out. Yeah. And that's okay. You don't like everything out there, you know? So why do we care that if out of a thousand people, two people don't like what you're doing? Why do we focus on those two people, you know, when instead of focusing on the other 998? Like, let's look at math, people. <laughs> yeah. And, well, you know, I think that's in our nature because we're feeling vulnerable, right? We put ourselves out there. It's the vulnerability that comes up. I just think that, you know, you've got to address it for so many more reasons. I know you and I, before um, we hit record, we were also talking about how you know, these sticky floors can be other things in your life, right? Like they can be the addiction crutches, Uh all these other pieces, because really when it's all about negativity in your life in terms of that, like, you know, I profess, like, let's be that person that other people want to be around that you rise up. If you're just always the Debbie Downer, oh no, I can't do that. And, you know, people are going to gravitate towards other people because they want to be around people who lift them up. You know, it's okay when your friends come in and support you and help you get over something, but to kind of be in that space for so long, you know, it's really detrimental to you, you know, in in your long term. Absolutely. And to touch on what you were saying is it's not necessarily always a limiting belief, but sometimes, like you said, it is a toxic behavior such Mm -hmm. as too much wine, you know, or too much technology, shoving yourself down the TikTok rabbit hole instead of reading a book or spending time with family. Sometimes it's toxic relationships, right? Like in my coaching space, I have worked with women who have used wine to numb out their stressful careers, right? Totally get it. Anyone could easily do that. But when they stopped and they questioned their relationship with alcohol, they were absolutely able to skyrocket their coaching businesses, skyrocket in their careers, change their, you know, workout routines and completely change their life, right? I've had other women who were having toxic friendships, toxic relationships where people were 
they were the doubters, right? Like the individual was excited, but they were allowing these people to dim their light, right? And right. it's they've been supporters for so long, but they're like, no, this isn't for you. And the second that they moved past those friendships and got out of those relationships, they were able to find their people and completely elevate their game. So it's not always like those self-imposed limiting beliefs. Sometimes there really are external forces at hand, right? Maybe your toxic behavior is that you are not taking care of yourself physically. That is a huge piece of it. Oh my gosh, totally. You know, I think too that you really hit on that good point of sometimes we have to move away from people, right? Those toxic relationships hold us back and we hold on too long because we think we're supposed to. And there are ones that are lifelong, like our family. We figure out ways to work within that relationship, but we might not live with them or live next door to them. But that is a piece as well. And, you know, because I think it becomes, how do you rise up? You know, how do Mm -hmm. you become embodied of that energy that people want to learn from, people want to be in touch with, people want to connect with, right? So you free yourself from that by sometimes you have to move on from those toxic behaviors and people as well. Absolutely. You know, we've, in in my coaching practice, we've worked a lot on boundaries, especially with family members, right? Because you can't always get away, nor do you always want to sever ties with your family, right? Sometimes you need to, but sometimes you just have to set up these boundaries of like, you know what? I'm not going to talk about this with said person because mm-hmm. I know how they'll respond or they play too small, right? People, there's a lot of people out there, friends, relatives, whoever, that they are afraid through their own limiting beliefs of doing big things. So yes. they stay small and they play small, right? But then they push those beliefs and behaviors on you. Because they so strongly are stuck in this, right? And they don't even realize it 99% of the time. You are who you hang out with, right? So when those people are constantly having like those types of conversations with you, you won't even realize it, but you're getting more and more stuck, right? So sometimes you have to either create those boundaries or sever those ties. Because if you are constantly having to go up against somebody about, no, that's not it, or this is how I'm going to be, it is exhausting. And you do not need to spend your mental energy or your time constantly trying to build yourself up when someone is tearing away at the foundation. Yeah. And I am a big proponent of you cannot change someone. Like You can have a conversation with someone. You can present someone with opportunities. And if they're not receptive, then you've got to accept that, right? Like 100%. And that goes back to, is this helpful? Right. Right. Like, is it helpful that somebody keeps telling you it's impossible to start a podcast? Who's going to listen? There's a million and 20 podcasts out there. That fact may be true, but is what they're saying to me helpful? The answer is no. (laughs) So move on, you know? But so that's where the sticky floors really come into play is we have a lot of them. Everybody has a huge spectrum of sticky floors. It's not just one, right? And so we kind of have to like knock them down one at a time as Mm -hmm. they come, because as you do that, you're able to really see the other ones, you know? And I get asked this question a lot. It's like, okay, well, our sticky floors, like, are we ever free of them? Do they ever go away? I was just going to ask you, are we? Are we ever free? Do new ones come up as we rise up as well? Are we always? New ones come up 
Absolutely. News. As you rise, more and more sticky floors follow you. You just become better at dealing with them, you know, and you are more equipped to handle what those are as they show up. And so the amazing work is being able to identify them faster and act against them. Just like I talked to you about my boot camp. That is not the first, nor will it be the last time right. a feeling of imposter syndrome shows up for me, right? But if I went to another boot camp tomorrow, I probably wouldn't feel that way because I've been there and I've done that and I've mm-hmm. knocked that one down. You know, I may feel something else like perfectionism creep in, you know, right. like this isn't perfect. I shouldn't say it. But again, the more that you do it, the more equipped you are at identifying what that is. And then you can immediately go into those questions. You know, is it helpful? Is it true? How does it serve me? And one other question that I always ask myself when I really get stuck is like, what's the worst that could happen here? Uh, So good. And that's such a big one because 99.99% of the time, you're going to be able to deal with fallout, whatever that fallout may be, right? So take the boot camp, for example. It will be a bad, you know, statement that I read, okay? Could happen. I might feel embarrassed. Right. I might be embarrassed. I might, who knows? You know, I might stutter over my words. But again, what's the worst that could happen? None of those are bad things, right? I'm not going to lose all of my, you know, finances and become destitute on the street. You know, I'm all of, so why am I holding myself back? Right. And once you start, I feel like once you start addressing, identifying, taking action, There's always a thought like, oh, this is hard, but it does become easier because you know, you know, for you to stand up at that boot camp, you knew to put yourself out there. You knew that was the step to take rather than do something a little quieter, let's say. Absolutely. And I still had the nervous pit in my stomach, Mm -hmm. right? My voice quaked a bit at the beginning, you know, I still had all of that nervous energy. But it's taking that nervous energy and knowing, Erica, this is going to last 60 seconds. You got to get out there and do it. I can survive these 60 seconds. And now I'm on another level. You know, literally, I have taken myself and I have elevated myself to another level. And that is such a huge thing. It's as service providers, you know, exploring different packages that we can offer, changing up how we offer things, how we serve our people, like all of those can create that nervous tension because we can, everything's working so well. I don't know how this is going to be received, all of that, right? But like, if we can take that nervous energy and just harness it just for a little bit, it's amazing what possibilities open up. And it's confidence building when you do. And you have a positive result and you, you know, that helps you move on to the next, like you said, elevate yourself a bit in that whenever you have that confrontation next time, you're still going to feel the pit. It's funny because speaking is such a, is such an instance. I'm in a a speaking mastermind and we did our first talks and, you know, video recorded them and sent them in. And I literally, I'm on Zoom waiting for my critique and I'm sweating. I mean, my palms, my, I mean, I was sweating because I was like, I, uh, it's the first rendition. And, you know, of course, afterward, when I got some positive reinforcement of it, I thought, okay, I'm going to rework it. I can do this. They liked that. They liked that. They liked yep. three things, right? That's great. So, but you can't stop the physical 
piece that happens. I literally put in the chat, I'm sweating right now, right? Like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, everybody, I, you know, but, and I'm used to talking. I do a podcast. I was going to say, you do a podcast. Week. I record this every week, you know, but putting myself out there, talking about my story, it's still, you know, in a safe space of this mastermind, it's still brought that response. So, you know, it's about moving forward. It is, but you putting yourself in that mastermind was a step too. Right. And those are small things. Like people don't necessarily realize all of the incremental steps that we are taking, right? And if you are really sitting there sweating buckets and just like, this is going to be the most God-awful thing I ever do. (laughs) If you go back and remember that I have survived 100% of my bad days, yeah, like, okay, you've had 100% success rate at something. (laughs) You know, you are going to rock this out. It may not be great. It may not be perfect, but we can still do it, you know? And that's the biggest thing is, again, they are always going to be there. You are likely always going to have this bit of like nervousness. And you know, next time you know, I'm just going to wear my super extra, I'll be in a tank tank deodorant (laughs) and I'm going to rock it out. (laughs) Totally. And you know, it comes down to another concept that we, we talk about a lot, just showing up, right? You've got to show up because even if it isn't a good experience, you still show up again the next time. You learn. You learn. You learn. With every great interaction, bad, terrible, god-awful interaction, there is a piece of something to be learned from. And as entrepreneurs, it can be so challenging because we don't necessarily have people to give us constructive feedback, right? We are out there on our own doing our own thing. We don't have a boss who's like, hey, you did this really well, but let me... We have to create that for ourselves. We have to go out there and find our own mentors, find our own advocates. And that's something that I I tell people to do all the time is like, get your own personal board of directors, okay? Businesses have them, corporations have them. Get a board of directors for you so that you have someone to go to when you need constructive feedback because we all do. Right. You know, and as entrepreneurs, we're mainly either a team of one or we've got a bunch of people under us. Totally. But we don't have that person over us saying, hey, you rocked it out, but to get you to the next level, Sandra, here's what you're going to need to do. And that's why you need to get that team that can hold you to that standard. And those are your people. Mm-hmm who support you, like you said, those can become the people who are the biggest influences, so to speak, because not every conversation is meant for every relationship in your life. We talk a lot about, my husband doesn't understand, right? (laughs) He's not the one I'm having these conversations with. Every five or six months, I'll be like, hey, let me tell you a little nutshell. Here it is. Boom. Yeah. You know, and that's it. But my girls, right? My women that I have relationships with, they're they're there for me to support me in my journey and to also learn from them. You hear from them as your board of directors as well. Like their experiences, just as you sharing here, your experience. Absolutely. It's so funny that you say that because I try to talk to my husband about these things a lot of the time. And my husband, God bless him, he is a very hard worker. He's a project manager in IT. That's what he loves to do. But like this whole world of having your own business, he doesn't understand. And even the other day, he was looking at like a TikTok that I posted, which got 600,000 views, you know? And he's like, I don't get it. And I was like, I I can't (laughs) explain it to you. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) My husband isn't even on social media, which 
I actually appreciate now. I'm like, that's yeah. it. Stay in your lane. Stay in exactly. your lane. I'll stay in my lane. It's all good. <laughs> exactly. It just cracks me up. But yeah, you have to find your people. And you also have to remember, I say this to a lot of people that I work with, you're not a buffet. You are not here to serve everybody. You know, so you take the feedback that serves you mm-hmm. because not all feedback is good feedback, but it does teach you something. And then you move on. I love that. Well, you know, this is something that we can all really start to work on. We can all go through and identify, sit with ourselves, feel it inside when it's happening, right? I'm feeling that twinge in my stomach. That's the the belief. That's the sticky floor. Name it. Yeah. So that you can take action. Is it helpful? Right? Is it true? And what are you going to do about it next? Mic drop, Erica. (laughs) Your tools, the mic drop. I've learned. (laughs) I love it. And I would challenge everybody, right? Today, try to identify what that sticky floor is because you will no doubtedly have a small, tiny moment. And it's the quicker you can identify those, the better it is. You know, the easier it will come to you in the bigger moments. So just really be in tune with your thoughts and your feelings. Take that time to yourself. Journaling helps with this. As you said, Sandra, journaling is a big one. And if you're like, I cannot think of one sticky floor, go ask your board of directors because they will tell you. <laughs> they know you. They know you. They will be able to tell you and hold you accountable. Awesome. Well, everyone, you can check out Erica, all of her links and um, where you can contact her on her website, LinkedIn. She's available for coaching. And there's some freebies as well we'll link to yes. in the show notes. So be sure to check that out. And Erica, thank you so much. This is really helpful. And the tools, that piece to really help people walk through it, it's not just talking about it. It's how do you progress from it? So it's been so valuable. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you, Sandra. It was so fun. Thanks for joining me today. You can access more information, links mentioned in this episode and the show notes at thelonggamepodcast.net. If today's show connected with you in some way, please share it with your friends or hop on and leave a review. Both of these make a really big difference. All right, until next time, keep playing the long game.